Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Stussel Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mass Keaton, Andrew Laguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Disc Chimera, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Parallax Puddles, Keith Gasper, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Kayla Jackson, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Podcast, Ash Events, and Alan Bingham. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. Hello, everyone. It's me, Chris, as usual, and it is the Retro Hangover Podcast Flight. I am joined, as always, by your host, Shane Dick. I'm going to try to roll my R here, and I couldn't, I fucked it up. Dick. Dragon Koski. There it is. Rolled right off the tongue the first time, I promise you. Any case, Shane, as a boss yourself, yes. how do you feel about today's topic? Well, I uh, I appreciate the, the gravelly white man voice that is uh, the prerequisite of all edgy characters. Yes, all edgy, hard bosses. We're hard. We're so hard. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we are hard men. The hardest. As soon as I said that, thunder went in the background because we're so fucking hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, so boss battles, huh? We're back. For, what else would we be talking about, Shane? I, I, don't, I don't know. Man, uh, listen, people just choose these things and then we're, we're at the, the whims of democracy. Ah, uh, yes, I love democracy. It's so bad. I mean, good. What? What am I even just, talking about? Just like the power glove. <laughs> just like the power glove. So, yes, uh, we did get the topic today of the hardest boss fights from our patrons. Our patrons. And the patron that suggested this one is our friend Dave Jackson from the Tales from the Backlog podcast. And you should go check him out as well. The top three podcasts. So thank you, Dave. We know that when you think of bosses, you think of how hard they are, and you want us to talk about how hard these bosses can get. And Shane is going to kick this event off and let you know what his number five boss battle is. Number five. Right. Well, I am going to start off this list of infuriating encounters with uh, a little, a little, little guy, little, little dude, little man known as Silver the Hedgehog from Sonic 06. God, I fucking hate this guy. Uh, okay. So first of all, the game is fucking ass cheeks to begin with, but uh, this encounter is just so annoying. So 
I, I'm going to venture a guess and say that maybe not a lot of folks played Sonic 06 just because of the reputation that it has. Or maybe you did because of that. I don't know. That's what I did. I played it sort of semi-ironically. Um, turns out it is as bad as everybody says. And this particular boss encounter is just so aggravating, even with just the way that it was supposed to work, right? And so that is that Silver has telekinetic abilities. And so what ends up happening is he will just constantly catch Sonic like mid-movement with his telekinesis and just stop you in your tracks and then just hurl you across you know, the, the battle arena that you're in, which is really just actually a little like French style open air cafe in the middle of a town, because that's what I think of when I think of fucking Sonic. But anyway, so all blood sports happen in France that, you know what, that, that is true. Jean-Claude Van Damme would agree with you. And so like, that's, that's annoying in and of itself. Right. And the thing is, is he's not even that difficult to beat because it only takes a few hits to actually finish the encounter. But the problem is his ability, one. But more importantly, it's just how much of a buggy mess Sonic 06 really is, is what makes this supremely infuriating. Because not only will he catch you mid-jump with his telekinesis, but he will often throw you into objects. And I don't mean like you will collide into an object. I mean he will throw you inside of the level geometry <laughs> in a way that you're not supposed to be. And you will often just get stuck in like this endless loop where you can't die because he can't target you because you're stuck inside the level, but you can't die because you're not losing rings. And so you just sort of soft lock yourself or he'll throw you out of bounds in places that you're not supposed to be. And you'll just fall through the world and glitch the game out completely anyway. And so even if this encounter worked as intended, it would still be just poorly designed and annoying. Uh, and also just shout out to the thing that if you were to play this encounter, you would hear about a thousand times, which is Sonic yelling, it's no use over and over again every time he got caught. That was a really good Sonic voice. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's because I heard it a billion fucking times while playing this <laughs> encounter. Uh, but just the fact that it's just technically a mess makes it that much worse. And so that that's going to set the stage for the rest of my list. But that that's going to be my number five. You know, I did not know you played Sonic 06. I did. I don't think I have it anymore. I think I probably traded in the physical copy, but... I, I did have a copy of it for my Xbox. We're going to have to do an episode on this, aren't we? Probably. I mean, yeah. everybody and their mother has at this point, so I'm sure we will eventually. <sighs> Don't write that down, Keaton. We know what you're doing. We're <laughs> watching you. It's been made official now. It's, uh, now we have to. All right, so my number five, I'm going to start out with, of course, a Final Fantasy game because... Why wouldn't I? In mm. fact, there are members of our Discord community that call this Final Fantasy Hangover. <laughs> and if you're in our Discord, you would know why. So if you want to know why, head over to our Discord. Hey, it's in the link tree that we'll give you at the end of the episode. Ooh. But I am going to say that my number five is Unalesca from Final Fantasy X. Fuck that bitch. 
This boss, I don't want to go into too much detail about this character because it's kind of a spoiler. I don't know. I mean, it's the whole entire 20 year thing, whatever. It's, but if you haven't played Final Fantasy X yet, it, it, the details about what this boss is is spoilery. So I will say this. You start out fighting this boss, and it's a pretty normal fight to start out with. It's later in the game, so your characters are getting to the point where they're kind of powerful. You may not have your ultimate weapons yet. They're arguably accessible. I'm not sure if you have the airship or not. I just got done with this game. I can't remember. But she will inflict status effects on you like zombie. And zombie is annoying because when you have zombie, you cannot heal yourself. In fact, healing items will hurt you. So you want to try and avoid being in a zombie status. So your natural inclination is to heal yourself and cure yourself of the zombie status. But once you get past her first form, she will transform into another form. And guess what the first thing this form does? It will instantly kill anyone who is not in zombie status. Oh, neat. Yeah. And then she will constantly inflict zombie upon you, and she will constantly inflict uh, do this move that will kill anyone who's not in zombie status, or at least periodically. So you have to keep people in a zombie status while you're getting damaged, and you kind of have to make this cycle through of curing people of zombies so you can heal them and then letting them get zombified again. And then maybe having some characters die so you can revive them with all their magic points. It's a very irritating battle, especially if you don't go in necessarily prepared for it, which I wasn't wholly prepared for it. I keep forgetting like one or two things. I'm like, well, shit, I can still beat it. But it's a massive pain in the ass. If you don't know what's coming, this boss is extremely hard. It's, it's still hard, even if you know what you're supposed to do, especially for a Final Fantasy game. So, yeah, my number five is going to go to Unalesca from Final Fantasy X. I get the feeling this will not be the last Final Fantasy on this list for you. Actually, spoiler, it is. Oh, that is surprising. Number four. All right. My number four uh, is <laughs> oddly topical, actually. Uh, so I, I hmm. guess kind of spoiler. I'm not sure. Actually, wait a minute. Am I? No. Yes, it might be. I don't know. It depends on when this episode comes out. Who knows? It could be. It could not be. At any rate, my number four is Darth Malak from KOTOR, or Knights of the Old Republic. So Malak is the final boss encounter of uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And there's a couple of reasons that he has made my list. One, and maybe most importantly, is that the relative lack of quality in this encounter is kind of like a huge letdown given how much I like the rest of the game. And I feel like a lot of people, myself included, actually tend to gloss over this one a little bit when we're, you know, reminiscing about KOTOR um, because it is at least in most people's opinions, one of the best CRPGs ever and this encounter comparatively just kind of sucks, especially given that it's a final boss. And so if you're not familiar with kind of how this works out, the, the general gist of it, right, is that, of course, Malik is a Sith Lord. And so he has managed to collect, I think it's like seven or eight Jedi 
and he has them in stasis pods spread out throughout this room that he is in where you encounter him for the final time. And it's bad enough that this guy will throw every Sith trick in the book at you from the get-go, right? You, you're going to get force lightninged, you're going to get choked, you're going to get thrown, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But... Sounds hot. Yeah, well, I mean, some people are into that. But the issue is, is that unless you do something that, assuming you're playing a generally light side character, which I would argue probably most people tend to do, you would not necessarily think to do this, uh, you're going to have to fight him effectively seven or eight fucking times because he will run to one of those stasis tanks and drain the force energy from the Jedi and fully heal himself and then return to whooping your ass. And the easiest and most straightforward solution to that is for you to just straight up mercy kill the Jedi that are in these stasis pods. And again, like I said, if you're playing a generally or fully light-sided character for like the rest of this game, it would not immediately enter your head to do that. And fun fact, turns out there is actually no moral impact to doing that. So unlike the rest of the game where doing some shit like that would totally get you dark side points, I guess the game just assumed you're at the end, so fuck it. And it doesn't matter. And actually, just from a purely functional standpoint, that is the most effective way of taking on this fight. Because if you remove that element, then you at most maybe need to fight him like twice, like two health bars worth of damage because he'll probably end up getting at least one of them, but it's just unnecessarily drawn out. Like there was no need for that much bullshit to be included. And if you're like most people who would go into this fight blind playing the game for the first time, like I said, you're not going to think to do that. So all this ends up being is just a huge slog or you just get murdered because he's strong enough as it is, but you may not have built your character in such a way to really outlast that sort of, uh, you know, an extended encounter like that. So it's just not well crafted, which like I said at the beginning of this little diatribe is that it's a bummer really. And that's why it's number four on my list because otherwise the rest of the game is pretty solid. Um, and so it's kind of like a little, a little anticlimactic coming towards the end and facing off against, uh, you know, the Sith Lord and kind of having really what mounts to kind of a shitty encounter. Well, at the time of this recording, I still haven't finished that. So thanks for that motivation, Shane. Yep. There's your heads up. You're welcome. I appreciate it. But uh, I guess it's time for my number four. And by the way, I just want to put out this disclaimer here. I'm not including any optional bosses because they're not difficult because you don't have to fight them. There you go. There you go. Easy enough. Uh, so my number four is going to be M. Bison. Mm. And I'm just going to say it's from Street Fighter Alpha 2, but, you know, M. Bison's in, like, all the Street Fighter games, I think. At least the ones I've played. And I haven't, well, I haven't played a Street Fighter game since 3. Uh, and he wasn't the final boss in 3. But in any case, I'm going to go with Street Fighter Alpha 2. And the reason I bring up Street Fighter Alpha 2 is because that's the most memorable. That's the thing. That's the one where I've thrown my controller the most in a fit of outrage anytime I try to complete that game with a difficulty higher than two stars it's uh whenever i get to m bison he just seems to have this way of 
you know, having an entire screen of his special move that takes three quarters of your health away, you know, just at, at on demand. You can just do it on demand as long as his bar is filled up and his bar will fill up. So you always got to play extremely defensively against him. And even sometimes that won't work because he is just a mean motherfucker. And you know what? He's also extremely tough in Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2, uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Championship Edition, Street Fighter Alpha. I don't know a single game where he is not difficult and he is not cheeseball as fuck. Especially, again, if you have him on difficulty anywhere higher than three stars on your console, he will fucking destroy you unless you just play it all the time. I'm sure Raging Demon is laughing at me and all the other fighting game fans that listen to our show are just like, how is it that hard? Look, I love fighting games. That does not mean I'm good at them. All right. So I have no way to really counter the cheese. Uh, I just hope I get lucky, and sometimes that's how it is. So yeah, M. Bison is my number four. Number three. Well, uh, you know, we we did this unintentionally, but uh, it seems we've got a little bit of a theme here segueing into my number three. Because mine is also a fighting game character. Surprising, I know, given my general distaste for fighting games. Uh, but it is Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat 2. Good pick. Yeah, uh, he's a fucking dick. And MK2 is like one of the only games I've really, or fighting games, I should say, that I've uh, really put any sort of amount of time into. And I was actually thinking about picking Kentaro just because he's huge and that grapple move that he likes to do all the time is just super annoying. Um and having that size advantage against you as a character is is kind of a pain. But, you know, uh, Shang Tsung really takes it because the game literally fucking cheats. Yes. He reads your inputs. He st- his AI straight up, straight up just reads the inputs that you're putting into the controller and will auto counter your shit most of the time. And I I, I can only imagine that this was just a carryover from the arcade version of the game um, because I'm fairly certain that this just kind of got ported along with most, if not all other versions that you would play at home as well. So you get the frustration there too. But of course the point being in the arcade was that uh, you gotta, you gotta spend more quarters pump, pump that machine full of those sweet, sweet coins and uh, coins with K of course. And of course that's really the gist of it. But it's it just really still sucks um, because it really doesn't come down to skill at that point when the game has been sort of rigged against you on purpose. So, yeah, he he just he just really sucks. And that's why he's at my number three. All right. My number three is another fighting game character. Mm. Uh, I'm going to probably stay in fighting game land for a little bit here. Uh, my number three is going to be Geese Howard. From the Fatal Fury series, also from the King of Fighters series. And it's just because, yeah, he's another fighting game boss that's a dick. And it's extraordinarily hard. And I didn't know that this was a thing, but apparently SNK hard is a saying when it comes to fighting games. Mm. Because they're notoriously cheap. And uh, I think it goes to show, I think Fatal Fury special for my Saturn. It has like a subtitle of Geese Howard Must Die. So I I have to assume 
that SNK was in on the joke or they it was just part of the story. I don't know. I, I have no idea what the story of these fighting games are. But yeah, uh, Geese Howard is a dick, and I think he's harder than M. Bison, and I think he's designed to be that way. Also, very cheap, as you would expect. Uh, he has a move to counter pretty much anything your characters will throw at him. So good luck with that. Uh, and a difficulty that's higher than baby mode for all you non-fighting game fans. So yeah, fuck you, Geese Howard. Number two. Right. Well, I am gonna I'm gonna step away from the the fighting games for well for the remainder of my list anyway. But uh, there you go. Now now we're because we're at the the last two spots here. We're we're getting to, into the some real personal ones. Uh, so my number two is going to be Scorpabellum from Contra Three: The Alien Wars. Now, fun fact about this: Contra Three is one of my favorite games, pretty much of all time. And not until I was doing the the research for this flight episode did I know that his fucking name was Scorpabellum. So there you go. Um, so in case you don't know who that is, because chances are pretty good you don't, uh, that would be the technically second to last major boss of the game, which is the second overhead mode seven level. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that second level is garbage anyway, and I've gone on record before as saying that that is the one like black mark on that game as far as I'm concerned. You could remove that level completely, and I would be happy because it's just it's just bad. It's poorly designed, in my opinion. Um, it's so easy to fall off of ledges. Having to navigate with the shoulder buttons is fine in the first like overhead section of the game but when they give you these like pixel perfect like walkways to walk on it's just it's bad and this boss i don't know who shit in this guy's cheerios so whoever designed this uh, i'm sorry i don't know what was going on in your life at that time but it is essentially this big circular just mass of of fleshy alienness with an eyeball directly in the center and that is of course the weak point that you have to shoot to kill the thing uh but the the thing that makes this suck is that it has this platform that it's on that you have to stand on in order to fight the boss because the rest of the area is just completely blocked off and the platform, after several seconds of you entering the boss arena, starts to rotate. And not mm. only does it rotate, but it causes you to also just continually do a 360. So your character is spinning, but you're also spinning around the boss because of this rotating platform. And it's just the fucking worst. Like, there is a tactic if you can get good at it, um, which, you know, cards on the table, I still haven't, and I've played this game for 20-something years, of, like, basically trying to counteract the spinning, and if you can do it right, you can keep yourself more or less honed in on pointing in the correct direction to shoot at the center of this thing, but it's very difficult to do. Uh, so most players are going to hit this, assuming you even got this far in the game in the first place, and you're just going to start spinning wildly with no good way of controlling yourself. And on top of that, this thing shoots out columns of fire 
across this platform and these like snake-like appendages that just sort of worm their way around. And so you're having to dodge all this bullshit in addition to trying to write yourself to shoot at the thing to even kill it. And it's just, it's such a, it's such a terrible boss fight. It's so fucking bad. And I would imagine that this is probably the place, again, assuming you even got this far to begin with, I have to assume this is the place where a lot of people just dropped Contra 3 and were just like, well, fuck this. And just like never came back to it because it's just, it's so poorly designed. And it's it stands in such co like stark contrast to the rest of the game because it is so well crafted in almost every other aspect except this. It, it almost feels like a cop-out. It feels like they just threw this in as like a, I don't fucking know, let's just do this and call it a day. Because I feel like if anyone had looked at this for any amount of time, they would have been like, this is clearly not a fun boss encounter. Maybe we should change this. Uh, but nobody did. And so we're stuck with fucking Scorpabellum. Uh, so that is why it's at my number two, because not only is it a bad, infuriating boss fight, but it's also kind of a personal one to me. You know what that boss fight reminds me of? Hmm. You know, when people get introduced to new technology, they figure out a new technique and they just go crazy with it. They're like, oh, wow, look at all the crazy shit we can do with mode seven. Hmm. That's that's what that boss makes me think, uh, because it's vomit inducing. It's terrible. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and like I said, even compared to the other mode seven level, which granted, I think the mode seven levels are the weakest part of Contra three, like no question. But the first one, I, I actually don't mind. I thought it was pretty well done. This one's fine. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the boss encounter actually does take advantage of mode seven in some cool ways. This though, this is just a dumpster fire. Okay. Uh, I'm on to my number two and I'm going to keep this short and sweet. It's, it's another fighting game boss, and it's Gil from Street Fighter 3. Fuck Gil. <laughs> Back to you, Shane. <laughs> you really don't like Street Fighter bosses. That's what I'm coming to the conclusion of here. Goki's fine. Akuma. Oh, okay. Number one. All right. Well, I guess we're just going to move right into the number ones. Uh, Chris is balancing me out here on this episode, I think, because I go off on a tangent about mine and he's just like, shit sucks. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but my number one, and I am sure this is not surprising to most people who know me at all at this point, it is in fact a Dark Souls boss. Oh, shocker. Uh, the Bed of Chaos. Fuck this fight. Oh my god, it's the worst. It, it's, uh, I think most people who have played Souls games can just almost unanimously agree that Bed of Chaos is the worst boss fight in any Soulsborne game, period. It's just so, it's like, it's simultaneously bad and lazy. So if you're not familiar with this, and if you're not, then count your lucky stars that you're not, but you start this fight by sliding down uh, this, this, corridor this this hole uh crashing through a bunch of roots roots and branches essentially which sort of foreshadows what you're going to see 
in just a few moments. And once you slide down this thing and you get dumped into the boss arena, what you see is just this big amalgamation of like appendages and tree like roots and, and shit. And there's no clear way to encounter this boss. Like, it's not like most, you know, souls bosses where you can kind of intuit like what you need to do with this. It's just like, okay, there's this big fucking thing in front of me that essentially is immobile except for the appendages that will come and try to smash my shit. But like, I have no idea what, what am I supposed to do with this? And so there's this level of confusion initially, which is not great. But then shortly after that, you are immediately greeted by the realization that every time this thing smashes the ground, parts of the ground fall away. And so you're already having a tough time seeing this thing with just the size of it and, and trying to keep the camera like in a place where you can actually see where these giant arm strikes are even coming from. So that's bad enough as it is just trying to dodge those. But in addition to that, now you kind of don't have any idea where that's going to land next. And when it does land, it's going to drop the floor out in semi random spots. And so like, most of the time, deaths on this fight come from inadvertently getting bumped by the arm coming down and then falling off of a ledge that wasn't there 0.5 seconds ago. Um, or the fact that the way to actually finish this boss involves platforming, of all fucking things, in a game that was not built to be a platformer whatsoever – because unlike yeah. later iterations of Dark Souls and other Souls-like games, Dark Souls does not have a dedicated jump button. So, you are asked to do platforming with a game that doesn't have a fucking jump button. And so the way to finish this fight, very it's very Halo of me now that I think about it, uh, is to go to both sides of the boss arena and destroy a certain thing. And then once you've destroyed both of those, there's a spot in the very center that opens up. But it's not like the center as in the center above the ground level that you're on. Oh no. Oh no. This is where the platforming comes in because you have to have had some of the floor get knocked away in order to then jump down onto a series of tree roots to get to this little fire bug, which is actually the, the core of this creature underneath the floor. And it takes only one shot to hit it. All you got to do is slap it once with your weapon and the boss fights over, but it's getting to it. That is a monumental pain in the ass. And in games that are by and large known for their excellent boss encounter design and the fairness with which most of those boss encounters occur, this is such a fucking like outside edge case that it, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. Uh, and so it had to take my number one spot because in a game that is for the most part, otherwise like pretty well balanced at this point and something that, you know, 
you can rely on not really giving you any sort of cheap shots or anything like that. It's really about just learning the bosses. This just fucking sucks. Like the amount of randomness that's involved in this, with just getting your ass knocked into the a pit of abyss for no apparent reason. And then also trying to jump on a bunch of bullshit tree roots to get to the center of this thing. It's so poorly designed. And I know part of this was because the back like third of dark souls, unfortunately the team didn't have enough time to do what they actually wanted to do with it. And so a lot of it feels rushed. Like this is part of, you know, lost Isolith and that whole area that really shows that they kind of rushed a lot of the back third or so of this game, which is a bummer. Um, but this boss, in my opinion, is like the peak example, the pinnacle of the result of that rush, because this thing just sucks. <laughs> and uh, thank you again, Shane, for letting me look forward to another game that we're going to be playing this year. You're welcome. In, in Dark Souls. I'm, I'm looking forward to that boss encounter. Yeah, but see, now you know how to do it, so it's fine. Yeah, just got to kill two things and kill another thing yeah. after... Letting some of the ground crumble. Super, so, super easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I can remember any of that, that's going to be the real challenge. <laughs> All right. My number one, I guess I'm sticking with fighting games technically, but I think when I say this one, I will unearth a lot of PTSD if you made it to this boss anyway, because uh, I never did until later in life when I got a password and then I got to experience this boss and I don't think I'll ever defeat this boss. Uh, I, I never will because I don't have the patience I probably could if I spent enough time doing it. Maybe one day I'll try. But I, I don't think it can happen. Not the way I just completely get blasted by it. You could say this boss insists on biting my ear and talks with a heavy lisp. That's right. The number one boss, that's the number one hardest boss for me ever, is Mike Tyson. Mm. He's going to tattoo my face like he tattooed his and unleash his tigers on me. This is from Punch-Out, of course, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I, I don't know if you want to call it Punch-Out or Mike Tyson's Punch-Out because it's not Mr. Dream. I guess Mr. Dream's the same thing. It's just a palette swap. But yeah, uh, Mike, Tyson, it, Mike Tyson is extremely fucking hard. I'm fairly certain that there are people out there that think he's not hard because when you really get down to, you know, brass tacks, Punch-Out is a rhythm game. And there's a beat to it. And if you know what to do at the precise moments, you could probably easily defeat Mike Tyson. But I am not one of those people that knows that. So if you go in and you just try to figure this out naturally and try to react to what Mike Tyson is doing, you're going to get TKO'd in probably the, I don't know, short amount of time of less than a minute because you're going to get wrecked. Mike Tyson is the final boss of Punch-Out for a reason, which I've already mentioned that you are lucky for just getting to him because the game starts getting markedly hard after about the second or third belt that you collect. Punch-Out's a fantastic game. I love it. I think it's held up very, very, very well. Um, everything about it is, is great, except that difficulty, when it wants to ratchet it up, it ratchets it up to the extreme. Mike Tyson is an extremely hard boss fight, is an extremely difficult encounter, however you want to term it. We've said everything. What did you say? Like irritating encounter, I think was the best. infuriating encounter. Yeah, that's it. And it's a, a boxing game where you are little Mac. You do feel like a little, a little Mac, very little Mac. Uh, the first time you'll play this, it will take practice. It will take hours and hours of practice and dedication just to get through it. 
I, I, I don't even know what to do. I can't give you a description of this boss fight. I can't tell you what will make it easier because I don't know. Mike Tyson is a bitch. Actually, I take that back, Mike. <laughs> I, I don't, don't hurt me. Um, so show up video at your house game, now. Your video game representation is a bitch. Please, uh, you are... Don't, don't, uh, he's probably not listening to this. I don't care. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, well, no, he can't just, well, he won't listen to this. What I, what I say here to get out of Mike Tyson murdering me? Uh, yeah, just, uh, it's, it's a hard boss fight, everybody. And it's my number one. All right. Well, there you have it. Our most infuriating boss battles. Uh, so if you, you know, if you agree with our picks or maybe, maybe you don't, you know, feel free to to let us know. Or what are uh, what are some of your you know hardest, most aggravating boss encounters in video games? And uh, you know, the easiest way to do that is to hop into our public Discord and join the conversation. And you can do that over at Linktree. So head over to Linktree slash Retro Hangover. It's L I N K T R dot e e slash retro hangover and uh hop in and say hey and while you're over there at that link tree there's there's a couple other things you you might notice uh one of which being the patreon as well as the merch store so if you'd like to support the show in that sort of fashion you may do so, and for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron of the show, support what it is that we are doing here, and get access to a whole bevy of bonus content. There is a lot of backlog in there, so you will not be left wanting for stuff to listen to, I can assure you of that, and uh, the the content keeps coming, so... There's, there's always something new to check out, so please feel free to do that if you are so inclined. And we also have our, our socials, the usual stuff, uh, Instagram, Facebook, what have you, uh, as well as our YouTube channel where we upload the video versions of these episodes as well as our VODs from our Twitch streams. And uh, Chris, when, when, do we, when do we do that? Well, if you want to head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover, you can find us playing games, allegedly, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday nights. Uh, we will do our best to entertain you, or you can entertain yourself, because who knows? Uh, we'll either be trying to scare you, that's what I mean, mm. because Shane will be trying to spook you out, mm. or I will be yelling furious things for no reason because I am a giant man-child. But if you want to see that, just head over to twitch.tv slash retrohangover at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Sundays, and we'll have a good time, and I hope to see you there. All right. Well, I suppose with all of that being said, until next time, play with your hardest boss joysticks.